Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another special episode. You know what? Actually, <laughs> before I do this, I need to ask another question because I have an idea of how this name is said. <laughs> I was but, waiting for this. <laughs> but I'm wondering if I'm wrong. And I, I, we said it on, on our actual episode. I might just keep this in. We said this on our ap- actual episode of, of IndiePod, and we were like, Dedus, Deduce, Dedibus? Like, how, how should I actually say this? Uh, Dedius. Dedius. All right. I got none of them right. Perfect. <laughs> well, all right. So what's up, everyone? And welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Now, today we have Isma, or also known as Adam, the developer behind Dedius. Thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having me. I am very excited to have you because we just recently talked about a news episode as I uh, kind of flubbed around as I screwed up the name uh, pronunciation for this game, uh, where we were talking about these are coming to uh, physical release uh, for your game, which is a very interesting idea because it's a, a GBA game. Um, but I, I'm, I'm really excited just to, to get to know a little bit more of the behind the scenes into this game. Now, that being said, we always like to start these shows off with actually knowing the creators themselves. And you seem to have an interesting uh, portfolio, uh, so to speak, uh, of different things that you've worked on. So I, I want to know a little bit more about you and kind of how you got into games in the first place. It's been a, it's been a little all over the place, really. <laughs> like you say, <laughs> looking at it, it's not, it's not an easy straight line. I... Um, right. I initially uh, came from comics. Uh, I got a job okay. at a comic book studio, uh, and that was cool. And that's like a, a big passion of mine. Uh, but then that studio got brought into uh, Magic Leap in Florida. And right. due to the nature of that, my job role changed more to um, uh, concept art, motion graphics, and UI after that. And being in that environment, I, I was surrounded by programmers and stuff like that, people who'd worked in the games industry. And... Uh, it's all kind of evolved there. Like it really picked up there at least. And uh, mm-hmm. now I'm back in the UK and working for another game studio now. So it, it's a bit of a full-time thing, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you never know what uh, what route life is going to take you. It sounds like you've been bouncing around a bit. But um, that being said, I'm I'm glad you got that experience because it, it seems like you have quite a repertoire behind, uh, behind yourself. I keep saying to people, I... I think I just get bored way too easily. I want to try like all the little different things. Uh, I don't know. I need to to settle down and focus in on one thing. I think sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, it's okay. Keep <laughs> keep doing all these things, and you know, maybe one day something will stick. It's all good. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so I love the novelty of of building for a platform that is past its prime, essentially. But it's interesting that you you took that route uh, as opposed to like, you know, making a, a pixel art game that you could download on a PC versus actually creating this this ROM for a GBA. Yeah. So my first question is really just like, why did you end up creating a Game Boy game in the first place? So 
Uh, I put a lot of the blame on uh, my good friend Christian Santori. He was um, a rigger at, at Magic League. Uh-huh. Uh, and he, he collects Game Boy stuff. Uh, and we always talked, I think, yeah, we always talked about making a Game Boy game. And for me, it was the uh, the limitation. You couldn't scope creep a Game Boy game, you know? Right. Uh, it was um, not a low bar, but like it couldn't spiral out of control to teach yourself how to make a game for the Game Boy, I, I felt at the time. Mm. Um, and how that sort of manifested in the beginning was I was... Um, doing stuff on uh, Game Maker Studio. Right. Uh, and there was another Game Boy game I was working on, and it, it was fun for a while, but it, it came really quickly apparent that no matter how much it looked like it, it wouldn't have run on a real Game Boy. No matter what I did to it, it wasn't a real Game Boy game. Right. And uh, I'd been playing around with that for a while, and uh, me and him had been kicking it back. We talked about maybe putting that on the Unreal Engine, which is hilarious now, looking back on it. Um, <laughs> But then, as as we were talking about it, Chris Maltby put out Game Boy Studio, and it was like all of a sudden this thing fell in our laps where you could only make Game Boy games. You couldn't open right. it. It was like if you did anything with it, it was exactly what we wanted it to do. Uh, so we were like crazy excited about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, and- it's an interesting idea because you know I, I hadn't even thought of the idea of scope creep, but I, I like this because one of the main things that a lot of developers say is especially starting out for your first game you really want to be that perfectionist and it ends up becoming that that weird rabbit hole of just working on one thing after another until the game spirals into something that you had no idea it would be at the first place yeah it's like um like the tale is all this time right you always hear like i've got this idea for a game it's a hundred hour rpg it's like oh my god i i (laughs) RPGs in general, like actual turn-based combat and all this, the sound of making one terrifies me. And yeah. I, I've had friends who do it and, and have done them well, but I haven't sat and thought about it, but just like the idea of the amount of math and balancing and all of that you'd have to put into it that people don't maybe think about at the beginning of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you feel fatigued by just playing these 100-hour games, think about how long it takes to make them. God, I couldn't even, I couldn't even imagine. um but yeah uh when chris maltby released that me and christian were so excited uh we set up a game jam and uh there were a small handful of us at magic leap that that joined that game jam we set ourselves 30 days which is pretty long for a game yeah Uh, yeah and we all just took off to make our own things and i didn't hit the 30 day deadline with the game but the response to it was pretty cool on twitter so I, I took the rest of the time and finished it up, but that's where it all came from. Nice, that's awesome. So uh, let me just backtrack a little bit. Was this a solo project, or you said you were working with some other individual? So there was a few of us. Uh, we all made our own projects. For for my game, it's all done by me, except for the sound, which is done by my good friend, Stu Busby. Gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. I, I feel like that's usually a common thing in, in yeah. the indie space, is usually they have a solo dev who's like i don't know enough about sound or like the the music stuff so like just someone come help me especially when it came to to game boy studio i i i'm not super good with music anyway i can play instruments just about Mm -hmm. but uh on top of that (laughs) on top of composition and and knowing what's what it was also um a complicated way of putting music into the engine and i'm not sure if it's Ah. the same now but it was like a, a certain type of tracker that you had to use a certain way and I, I just, uh, I used to be in a band with Stu and I messaged him like, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> Help. 
<laughs> and uh, he has done such an amazing job and continues to do such an amazing job with this game. It was crazy. Like he he wrote six tracks, I think it was in the beginning, but they mm -hmm. were not in the tracker, not in the format that the engine needed. Gotcha. And uh, he, he was saying to me back then, he was like, I'm not sure if this is going to work. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get these six tracks in. And we, we laugh about it now, but uh, out of nowhere, he emailed me. He was like, here's 20 tracks that all work perfectly. Oh, my goodness. Like, what? <laughs> he was saying it maybe wouldn't happen. Uh, and that's that's still all over. Like, he is amazing what he does. Just never let me down, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's always good to have uh, that person who's always there for you. Yeah. He, um, I don't know if this is getting too ahead of ourselves. But no, go ahead. This, uh, interview, but... Uh, when it came to putting it to physical, there was, was going to be my next question. So you're uh, here on the right track. No worries. There were some things. Uh, so I put the build out. It hit some issues initially, uh, like certain things broke. But the nature of the game, it was pretty. I mentioned scope creep before, but it was a, lot, a little bit bigger than I had planned it. And there were certain parts that didn't work so great when the, on the initial launch. So it was like a round of bug fixing and then put it back out. And it, had, right. it I, the game came out. August 2019, I think it was. So mm -hmm. it's a little, it's a little while now, and I, I got it all straightened out. Uh, but there were still some things like timings and stuff that I could have fixed, and I was like, it's working now. But for this physical, it was like, right, I got to go back in and make sure everything's immaculate. Right. And right. With, with that window of opportunity, Stu was like, I've got more music tracks I'd like to add too. So he extended some old stuff, which is cool. And he okay. added uh, six brand new tracks of music on top of all the amazing work he did before. So, oh my goodness! So this thing is jam packed. I I'm really excited, and I hope people enjoy it because the work he's done. I just it's it's crazy to me, man. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I, I feel very grateful it's in there. You know, that's awesome to hear. So, is this going to be? Is there going to be any disparity between the physical version versus the digital one? Like, are you adding things that might not ever see the light of day if you don't buy the physical? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I thought about uh, maybe putting some things in, but I don't know if that's right. To me, it was kind of important that it was always available for free. And it always has been since since yep. launch that you can get the ROM for free. Um, and I think what I'm going to do is um, this new update that's going into the cartridge, the latest version will be replacing that ROM uh, along with a notification out for anyone who wants that. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because I think that's, that's only fair. Uh, off yeah. the top of my head, certain things like the ROM might have some different credits because certain things with distribution and stuff might right, be weird right. in there. Um, but yeah, I think it's mostly going to be the same. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so so let me let me dive back a little bit um, just to talk about you know so you created that virtual GBA game and then you're also now teaming up with Spacebot Interactive, I believe it is, to create that physical GBA cartridge. Which honestly, like to me, I thought this was so nuts. Like I, I think it it's really interesting working on the same hardware but when i see these stories about people creating like physical goods that are for the those different consoles from from past generations i'm always like wow that seems so um just far-fetched because i personally don't have a gba and it's one of those things where i'm like that's really cool but like i'd never be able to play it yeah um was there any like 
I guess how did this this all work is really my question is is was it something where you had a big enough audience asking for like hey we need a physical good like we want a Game Boy game or was it the Spacebot Interactive being like hey this looks really good like we want to do this kind of a thing like how did the communication start? So um, when the, I started putting it out there a lot of like the response on YouTube and I had messages on Reddit and in itch.io was, mm -hmm. when's this coming physical? When can I buy it physical? And initially it was not the plan at all. <laughs> you know, I, didn't, <laughs> I, I keep saying this to people, but I didn't even imagine anyone would play it. When I came home from work that one day and there was already a YouTube playthrough, like I, <laughs> I know it's the cliche thing to say, but I genuinely didn't think anyone would find this little Game Boy game. Uh, right. So it was so, so far away from the plan that <laughs> it, it's crazy now uh but people did keep asking for it which was cool uh i had a lot of people reach out about doing it and you know mixed results here and there but that kept happening and that was a little strange and then mm -hmm. uh i mean you, you start to see these like it, it's almost like a, well it, it is a little community isn't it you see uh right. like spacebot is big in it himself for dragonborn and uh, I think I might be wrong. I'm probably wrong, but see it, to see him make such a big step, probably first of all of us, uh, and doing his, that stood out to me, you know? And, right, uh, right. I can't remember how it happened, but we started talking back and <laughs> forth. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, that guy is like a genius with that engine as well. He He's always working on something and it's always amazing. And... <laughs> Oh, I think I, I think I reached out to him asking about how to do it <laughs> eventually. Right. And, and it just uh, kind of worked out. Yeah. He was like, well, why don't we do it? Um, and it was a little like scary at first. I've had some like, it, there's been some like tough uh, issues dealing with this sort of stuff from certain people, but like he has right. been like the best to work with. And I think it comes from the fact that he has done everything the exact same. You know, he, he made a game and he put it out there. He, he knows what to watch for and stuff so there's right like, he's uh, already been through this he knows kind of the the issues or the 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 positive and negative points of what's to come so yeah, it's yeah. it's nice to have someone who you can follow in in sort of like their footsteps of like okay i don't know what to expect so at least it's easier with someone who has done it once before yeah for sure and he's he's been great to work with like i can't say enough good things honestly that's awesome yeah. And so uh, this is one of the things that that I would find so concerning or so worrisome, right? Is because if you're creating a physical good for something that does not connect to the internet and does not have a way to patch itself. I I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, is I would be very concerned that this has to be, you know, the definitive edition once you put it on that cartridge. It has to you have to make sure that every little bit works and nothing new had possibly screwed it up because you can't make a patch, right? With virtual right. like yeah. it's super easy or with newer consoles, you could do it because you can patch those games. The GBA does not have that ability. So like my question around this is, is what are you doing uh, from like a testing or, you know, a QA side of things? Like how, how much work are you really like focusing on for the hopeful, uh, hopefully nothing like this occurring basically. So the, the last few weeks of, uh, of my life have been 
stressful because of the, <laughs> exactly what you've said. Yeah. And it, it's been, on one hand, good because the game's been out for a long time now. And uh, people are very vocal <laughs> when anything's wrong with a product. Uh, right. <laughs> I, I fixed as much as I could way back when. And mm. uh, anything that wasn't, I had this like comprehensive list left to go through. Uh, which was super cool. Uh, but the idea of shipping a cartridge and something being wrong is is terrifying for real, like you say. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I'm very lucky in the fact that the game is about to get to 10,000 downloads now for the digital copy, which nice. is crazy. Yeah, congrats. But, but I know that version is like a baseline to kick off from. That, that version functions and... Uh, you know, it was like everything I had to build on top of that. So right. I knew if anything went wrong, it couldn't be any worse than than that, which was a comfort. <laughs> um, as crazy as that sounds. Right. Uh, so I have been, um, you know, took a list of all the bugs and issues in the music and checked it in. And I've been checking it into a bug test list, testing it myself, play testing it. And I am just about happy to send that out. And that's going out to testers then. Nice. So um, it's looking really good as as of right now, and I can't see any issues coming with it. But it will be thoroughly tested beforehand as well. But right. but you're absolutely right. Like the uh, original Game Boy cartridge is not something you can you can patch, and I don't think there would ever <laughs> be a way to do it. So I don't think so. Nightmare. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's oh looking good. God. It's looking good. That's awesome. I wish you the best on that because yeah, that that is a a nerve-wracking point. But I'm sure you'll be great. Like you said, the baseline is is you know set for you. You've had plenty of time. This isn't like you're just coming out with it now and yeah. and you know someone's going to possibly catch something down the road. Well, that's, I think that's that's it. Like anyone asking for the physical edition have been playing that edition. And Right, exactly. So, you know, at at the very worst it would be that, and at the very best it's going to be the best possible version of this game and like i found a lot of solace in that right exactly exactly yeah. yeah i love it uh so we're about 16 minutes in or so uh to the actual episode and we still have not talked about what the game is so i think it's probably time for us to do that <laughs> so for for people who don't know anything about Deadius, uh what is this game all about and why should the audience be excited to check it out uh it's a horror top-down adventure game for the original game boy uh that has it's got 11 endings and it's a bit of a branching path story so the player can decide to do whichever way they think is right and it'll end up in a different way to maybe the next person who plays it was that was the initial plan for the game gotcha yeah so uh, and this has a like going into this it's a pretty dark concept where did you pull inspiration for this it comes from like a, a whole bunch of places and some are like way more obvious than others like majora's mask gets called out a lot and uh, uh, I sense. think it makes sense. I think it's fair. Uh, I don't know how I could have avoided it <laughs> with the the subject matter. Three day system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is, and I'm fine with that. Uh, obviously, a lot with um, like old Pokemon and old uh, like Links uh, Links Awakening. Right. Um, but that... I think that's kind of hard though, because it's like it's a GBA game, you know. Like how how much different could you possibly go from like the the sprite aspect to yeah. it? Especially um, at the time with the engine, that was the only genre of game you could make. Mm. Uh, and I think the reason for that 
I'm, I'm talking a bit for the developer here, but I think the reason for that is those are, the, well, they were the most uh, common games on the Game Boy, the most popular games on the Game Boy. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, what, do you think if you, say, had started now, right, and maybe the, the system had been more refined, do you think you would have chose a different style, or do you think this is, like, the one that you had in your mind regardless? Um, I think I probably would have ended up with it the same i think mm -hmm. the, the thing with it was is it's it's all based on a story i've been writing for a long time and i wanted to take the smallest possible piece and apply it to this um right so i think with the nature of that there's only so many ways you can do it and uh i think it just fit like a glove kind of uh, so one of my favorite parts about this is obviously, as you mentioned, those multiple endings, having that different branching scenario. There's something about a game having, and unfortunately, there's a lot of times this game, it was, it was easier because it's a much more smaller piece, but like, there's a lot of times where for me personally, I get super excited. I'm like, oh, multiple endings. And then I only play one and it's like, I don't know why I always get so excited about it. But this one I think is, is very important because it those endings all tell a much more cohesive story if you get through uh, a lot of them and you learn a little bit more and more about kind of what's happening in this world. Um, was there any concern for really not getting people hooked or kind of like that, that thing that I just described of if someone only plays one ending that you think it would be like, oh, you're not really getting the full experience and people might not enjoy it as much? Um, I try to make each one, there's, there's some maybe that are less so, but I try to make each one like a, satisf a satisfying resolution. Right. Uh, okay. And so if they played it once, I would hope that they're they're happy with what they ended up with. And I think that was like kind of quite important. Right, right. That makes sense. And and so what was, you know, your main reasoning? I think it fits the, the overall aesthetic and the idea of this world, but... What was the main reason for doing this in a multiple ending scenario rather than just saying, you know, having one long story? So uh, when um, when designing the map, mm -hmm. it was like, I love like kind of puzzle box designing games. Like I, I always talk about how my one of my favorite games of all time is Resident Evil and the, the original Resident Evil. And it's like... Right. It's quite a small space, that house, but it opens up over the full range of the game. You, you get a key, you get more areas, you know, you unlock this and that, and you can access more of this same space that you're slowly opening over time. Right. And I tried to apply that design to this small map that I had made for the game. And it was like, well, what if you do this? Does that unlock that? And what if you did it this way? Does that do that and that? And I realized the way to get the most out of so little was to have there be more than one way to do it and mm. i wanted it there's there's parts of the game where it does guide the player quite considerably but i wanted it to be like well if i don't do that what happens and right. i tried to achieve that kind of ending for every every kind of instance you can think of for that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. a little bit of that that curiosity kind of you always get that in certain games or at least i do where it'll direct me to one thing and i'll usually go like the other way anytime yeah. someone gives me one path and they're like come on this way and there's like a little bit of you know a path that's like kind of on the screen i'm always like oh maybe there's a secret item here i gotta go check it out something like that where there's like that that little bit of i want to know if yeah. if i could get a little bit more out of the game than what it's trying to push me towards i've i've talked about this in the past but one of my favorite sort of things that came out of this was uh going back to Resident Evil and, and any game like that 
you always hear people be like, well, when they do, when they just leave, and it's like, well, why don't they just leave? I suppose, like, right, yeah. Uh, and I, I put that into the game, and it's a direct reference to that. And I was like, well, why doesn't he just leave? Like, why, why? It's just because he's a game. He's got to be stuck there. Why not just let him leave? <laughs> and uh, it's quite abrupt, or it used to be. It's changed slightly now, but it was quite like, well, I guess I'll leave, and the game ends. Yeah, <laughs> and I got like just as many complaints that you can leave as I would hear that why why, why wouldn't they just leave? And it was like right, exactly. It's like, like I'm telling you, this is what would happen. Yeah, it's like I don't know. That that still makes me laugh. I left it in because it kind of meant something to me. But uh, right. that was that was an interesting piece of it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so all right, we're working on you know this this physical release. You're spending a lot of time, I'm sure, uh, kind of racking your brain over making sure there's no bugs, as we mentioned. Yeah. Um, but you know, eventually there is some light at the end of the tunnel, and it'll it'll end up shipping out. You'll end up uh, getting thousands and thousands of dollars because everyone's gonna buy it. Who knows? I hope so. But that being said, what's uh, let's look into the future for a second, right? So what's next for you? Because as we mentioned before, your portfolio has quite a lot out there. You mentioned being part of a development studio uh, now over in the UK. Are you planning on following up to the story of Dedius? Is there like a, a, a sequel that might come afterwards based on one of those endings? Uh, I would assume it would be uh, kind of that that major ending. Um, but that being said, or are you just going to, you know, work on something completely different? So the funny thing about this game, and it was always the case, uh, was the game wasn't going to be this story. <laughs> Okay. Uh, like I, say, I, I shaved off the smallest piece I could. I'm a little like concerned about this. I, th I think about it a lot. But like the main game was going to be what I had planned for the sequel, and it's uh -huh. like this little side story. Um, and I still want to make that what would be the follow up. Uh, but here's the problem I've, I'm finding myself with now is like if I make that, it's going to be a follow up to a Game Boy game where as cool as the reception's been, a lot of people probably haven't played this first thing so now right. like, do i make a sequel to something that a lot of people maybe haven't played is that really silly <laughs> so on my never-ending to-do list <laughs> i uh, <laughs> i have been experimenting and playing around for a long time now of how to adapt this into full 3d oh okay um, and that's something i'm really keen on doing is like uh making it a bit more of a uh, modern looking exploration adventure and as much as the right. Game Boy has been a big thing of the game I think that'd be really cool yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I'm i excited at the idea of learning a new 3D engine and having a framework there like it, it would almost be like just rewriting something you've already done you know uh, right I have and... oh go on no I'm sorry I was gonna say and the good thing is you know talking uh, about what we mentioned earlier of trying to keep that scope in check it does you know you're not limited in the same way of having the Game Boy engine but you're limited in the way where you're saying here's my night uh, you know nice uh, fit box of saying I already have my scope I already know what the game is I'm just going to uh, like translate put it, it into a different yeah translate it into a different version of itself yeah so i think that isn't necessarily what i'm doing next uh right, I'll, okay. I'll get to that after this but i think before any straight sequel comes that should come okay. uh just to maybe get a bit more uh, you know a few more eyes on it before the story continues and i'm i'm really excited for that 
I, I am slowly working out a style I'm happy with to do it. Uh, but that's that's that side of things. Right. I I moved from the game. I made a few things. A lot of what I do is just small stuff on itch.io. But mm -hmm. uh, I started looking at um, Unity, and I was making a game for the Haunted PS1 jam. Okay. And, uh, true to form, I missed the deadline on it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> again, it was like a fair way through. So I need to, to return to that. Uh, getting this game out the door has kind of uh, overtaken that, but I'm excited yeah. to get back to that. And I think it'll be a, a smaller and not so much story-related thing, but it's like a cool little horror puzzle game as well. Oh. That'll be cool. I'm uh, I'm excited to check that out whenever it does come out then. Um, I, I wanted to ask though, is this something that you're working on, you know, Dedius and, and uh, all these other pieces, are these um, more part-time or side projects to what you do like on a day-to-day -day -day basis? Yeah, it's all um, in my own time. Yeah, okay. So that's, that's what I uh, assumed as much, which means, you know, this might take a little bit longer than others who are huge fans would want. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, God, sleep is a luxury, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't kill yourself. Make sure you get some rest. Well, uh, you know, people, people can be patient. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. I love it. Like when you say stuff like that, it's like, um, it's easy to sound like, like a negative thing, but I absolutely love making all of this stuff. Like both my right. day job and outside of the, the job. Like I I'm happiest when I'm making something and this affords me the ability to do that. And that's that's like my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, d I didn't mean it in a negative connotation. I just meant as far as like as time goes, yeah. it's no, it's easy to to understand that, hey, this isn't gonna be an immediate thing because yeah. you've got other stuff on your plate, right? You gotta you gotta pay the bills you gotta feed yourself like unfortunately yeah, yeah. sometimes there are other priorities yeah absolutely <laughs> so uh i only have one more question for you once again though thank you for for coming on this was a lot of fun but uh i always like to wrap this up with some advice right because you seem to have been doing quite a bit you've uh been working on games you've been working on other things in the industry as well and, you know, for those who are interested in starting their own projects or just getting into, you know, the game space at all, uh, I, I just want to hear, you know, do you have any like tips or advice for, for those who might be uh, interested to join? So for the longest time, I, I was one of those people who was like, oh, I just want to make games. And it seemed like an impossible task, even, you know, even when I was like concept artist on games that were coming out it, like, it seemed right. like an impossible step to get up to do my, my own stuff and it was like that for a long time and i remember you know on twitter reaching out to the developers i loved and being like how do i get up this impossible step and it was it was like that for a long time but that being said i think we're in the best time ever for it uh, my path in was through game maker studio and uh the support on like youtube there's like so many tutorials there and mm -hmm. discord there there are certain groups if if you start with any of the engines like you know game maker unity game boy studio unreal there's almost always a, a discord channel for it where people are like it, it means the world to them to help right. anyone learn their engine and it it was like um persistence as much as anything you know i I kept following these tutorials and making small things. I did my Asteroids clone and Breakout clone and all this. And I remember, I always tell the story. I remember I was following a YouTube tutorial and it was like slightly out of date. And it got to a, a piece of it 
and I think I might have been using Game Boy Studio 2 at the time, but something was different between the two versions that they mm -hmm. said. And I was like, oh, well, you just do it this way. And it was like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> and I answered the question, and it was like, it's something in my brain just clicked, and it's the most satisfying thing in the world. And I think it is persistence. Um, right. It's really, really cool. I would recommend to anyone, like, Unity and Unreal are both free to get. Game Boy Studio is free, and that's really easy to use. Um, it's like maybe do a bit of research into which you think would help you achieve your your goal best and then jump in it um there's there's so much help out there now it's crazy right yeah, yeah so you know just um be ready to to jump into it don't be afraid of it it honestly it's it's never going to happen unless you get started right i say to people like i've had i said earlier i've had people in the past say i'm going to make this crazy game someone said to me once like you'll drive a car through a procedural city and it'll be different every time. And I say to people like that, make a car first, make like a blank open space where you drive the car, uh, right. like break the problems down into like the smallest possible version of what you want to make. Even if you have this great expectation of what a thing could be, breaking it down into small pieces and learning it that way is probably just as valuable. You know, I would say like mm -hmm. making a, a lot of like my early games were like just, uh, like squares, <laughs> almost like automatons <laughs> alone. You know, if I could make a box jump off a floor and it didn't fall through the floor, I I had done what I set out to that night. You know, and then yeah. you combine it to I don't know. If you hold the space bar, he hangs in the air a little longer, then drops. Like you can build off these tiny tasks, um, and I think that's like valuable to have as well. Valuable to know, right? Right. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It's it's one of those things like this works uh, whether you're working on video games or just developing in general. It's like everything needs to be in smaller iterations because if you don't, you're just going to get overwhelmed. Like trying to start with the end result is never going to get you anywhere because there's just too many pieces. There's too many variables. And I feel like, you know, you could do it, uh, honestly, like you could get there, but it, it's very... Um, how do I put it? Uh, it? It's it's not not demeaning, but it's very just like depressing when yeah, you, you get disheartened. Yeah, exactly. Where you're you're working on this, and you know uh, if you go with that end result in mind, it's going to take so long. Whereas with that idea of I want to just create a box, I want to create a box that can jump, I want to create a box that can jump and kind of hover. Like those are milestones that you can achieve, that you can be proud of, that you can work towards and iterate towards. Like it just it's a much different feeling if you can build something out in uh, a way where you can actually see progress yeah and it, it's like it sounds like it's like slow steps into making a game but i mean you take that box that you've made jump and you throw a sprite on it and you're like there you go that's you know you, you're a considerable way towards making a first level of something you know like right it, exactly it, it, sounds, it sounds like the slowest path but it, it's really not and once you get that ball uh, the ball rolling you're you're set you know Right, exactly. Well, thank you again. For those listening, Dedius is currently available on itch.io. You can pick it up for free. You can also donate. Uh, I believe if you pay $5, you get a special edition, which has some extra goodies involved. Um, but if you want that physical copy of the game, you can pre-order that up until February 15th on the Spacebot, uh, Spacebot Interactive website. We'll be sure to link uh, all of these, these different uh, pages in the description of the audio, so you'll be able to find it there. Uh, and 
once again, Adam, uh, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> awesome. Well, best of luck with the game. Take care. Cheers. Appreciate it. Thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.